0: investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the money night podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back into the money night podcast. I am Ben George. He's Wade Chessman, certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor. Over at Chessman Wealth Strategies, and wait, we, we we talk about all areas of financial planning and retirement planning, and one of those is estate planning. It is uh, it's not something everybody thinks about when they think about retirement, but it is a big
2: piece of what you do, right? Sure, estate planning is an important part of the overall uh, wealth management system. It's one of the key components of it. I think we're going to take a little bit different uh, st- slant on it today. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about estate planning, Ben, I think we, people think about wills and trusts, but yep. there's more to it than that. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. We want to make
1: sure you build an estate plan with no regrets. So we'll talk through a few areas where you could have a little bit of legal turmoil or maybe a little bit of legacy with uh, with some regrets, and we don't want that to happen. So that'll be our
2: goal for today's show. How's everything else, Wade, for you? Well, everything's going great. You know, we talked about the fact that I um, just had COVID. Which well, I told mm-hmm. someone that today at lunch, and they're like, COVID? That's still around? <laughs> I'm like, uh, apparently it is. Um, I don't think it's as bad as it was, but it still wasn't much fun.
1: Yeah, not much fun, but you're all the way through it now at this point?
2: All the way through it. I'm actually, I think it made me stronger, Ben.
1: I'm sure it does, Wade. Whatever <laughs> doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? That's right. Exactly. So well, I'm glad you're through it. I know it's. Yeah,
2: it wasn't any big deal. Did anybody else around you get it? Well, my wife got it first. Okay. And I think we, a bunch of people that we know got it because we, we all got it at the same wedding. So. Ah, the old wedding. The old COVID wedding yeah. trick. Yeah. Yeah,
1: those are. Uh that's, those are the kind of events that everybody shied away from a couple years ago.
2: But yeah. We're
1: back with yeah. our lives. So I'm glad, you, no. uh, I'm glad you're doing well, though. And, and, Thank and you. On the other side. No of regrets. It. No regrets. That's the key, right, today. That is the theme right. for today. All right. Well, if you haven't joined us before, we're glad you're here. Uh, you can find everything online at chessmanwealth.com. You can find all of our podcasts, plus all the resources and tools that Wade and his team provide uh, anyone that just visits their website, a lot of, a lot of different pieces of that wealth, uh, that smart choices, wealth management solution. You can learn all about that on the website. And if you want to call to set up a, a time to meet with Wade and the team, you can do so at 214-572-2120. Yeah. Right.
2: Another one we don't talk about Ben a lot is chat with, chat okay. with
1: The easy way it's, to get in touch. It's right? easy.
2: Yeah. If you want to set up a 15 minute little session with me, just go to chatwithwade.com and it's real easy to do. I've had a lot of people use utilize that as a way to uh, set something up, you know, this in these days you don't have to play phone tag that way.
1: Right, I know. Everybody's uh so used to kind of doing everything online now and you can even just go ahead and book your time to meet and boom, you can get in touch with Wade that way. So again, chatwithwade.com. All right. That's right. Good. All right, Wade. Well, let's jump into it today. Then uh, building an estate plan. I know there's, you know, not everybody cares about leaving a financial legacy, but for those that do, it, I know that many people you work with do care a lot about leaving a legacy and taking care of uh, their children and the next generation and other, you know, people and uh, groups that are important to them. We want to help eliminate some of those mistakes, right? That's why you work with someone like Wade to to help do that. But this episode, we're going to cover some of those topics. They're going to range from poor expense planning to beneficiaries that make sure those are updated, right? Uh, and plenty right. more. So we want to go through some of this and just kind of make sure your estate's buttoned up if that's something that's important to you. And we want you to have, to have a legacy that you're proud of and that you can leave without any regret. So it's a good starting point for that. Obviously, it's not going to solve all the, the ills, uh, Wade, but this is a good starting point today, I think. For sure. All right, well, let's jump into it. Uh, first one here then. You can't fail to, to plan for expenses that can be foreseen, right? I mean, we we talk about planning and thinking ahead and, and keeping that long-term vision on thing. Healthcare is kind of, you know, the first thing that comes to mind It's one of those major expenses, but there's so many out there that can, I guess, really eat into what you want to leave behind.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Healthcare is a good one, but there's other things that people sometimes forget about. For example, every once in a while, whether you want to or not, you're probably going to have to get some kind of new car or transportation. You've got home repairs. You know, the only thing, the thing about home repairs is that even though they're unexpected, you can expect them to happen all the time. That's just part of owning a home, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So we don't know, that the, the difference is kind of like uh, our monthly budget. We don't know exactly when they'll come, but we know they'll come eventually, so we do, we do need to have a plan for it. And I'd say the other big one is, you know, when we took, you just mentioned healthcare, healthcare expenses like, just normal healthcare expenses that you don't think about a lot of like dentals, one that comes to mind where I see a lot of people have, you know, extensive dental type of stuff going on in retirement, but also long-term care type of expenses, which we've talked about. I think we might've done, if we haven't done a whole podcast on that, I think that that's actually be a really good idea to to have a whole, you know, discussion about long-term care. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the probabilities that'll happen to you yeah. And if it does happen to you, uh, what kind of expenses would you be looking at? And I think that'd be an interesting topic to, to cover sometime. But anyway, those are things that we we don't know. Like, for example, we don't know that we'll for sure need long-term care. But we do know that we'll have increased medical expenses in retirement just because when we get older, that's when a lot of our medical expenses occur. So. We don't want to fail to plan for those types of expenses. It's important to have them as part of your financial plan.
1: So that's the first one. And Yeah, I think long term. Just you, we hear about these long term care expenses all the time. It just if you haven't really sat down and, and talked through what that actually means, I think an episode really kind of digging into that would be pretty
2: helpful. So we'll yeah, I just a made a note of that. I think I'm going to work on that.
1: Okay, very good. All right, uh, second thing on our list here when we try to build an estate plan with no regrets, um, the beneficiary designations. It's so easy to kind of set these when we open up an account or, you know, earlier in life when we're getting to start working or starting to, you know, add some assets to our, our life and our family that we, you know, as life goes on and and changes and we add family members, we lose family members, unfortunately, failing to update these beneficiaries can cause some, some serious problems.
2: Sure. And we have talked about this on previous episodes and I know Mm -hmm. we did a, I think we did a pretty, I think we did one whole episode on The importance of doing these and why and how. But yes, reviewing those beneficiary designations, which is something we do almost every time we have a review with a client, is update those, review them, because things do change. The other thing is what a lot of people do is they have a will or a trust that says, I want my money to go here and here. I want it to go to this person, these organizations. But what they don't think about then is, well, how are the beneficiary designations are they in line with the wishes that i've outlined in my trust and will cuz you could if you're if you have a beneficiary it doesn't matter what your trust or will says it's going to bypass that so really good idea to check it the other area that i've seen that's a little more complex is in the past we had people uh, including myself that would name a trust as a beneficiary of a of an IRA or a 401k and there's reasons for doing that a lot of times it's for spendthrift provisions that you want to protect the money from so your so your heirs, you know, can't outspend it or spend it over too quickly or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of planning. That's become a lot less advantageous or a lot less beneficial now that the Secure Act passed and really eliminated the stretch provision in IRA. So that's another reason, you know, laws change too. You mentioned things change in your life, but laws change as well, which means that Maybe a way we had a beneficiary designation listed in the past is no longer valid or doesn't make as much sense as it maybe once did. So right there's, there's reasons to definitely review beneficiaries on an ongoing basis.
1: Yeah, you only have to go back about, uh, let's see, about seven or eight episodes. We went through the five or through five beneficiary mistakes, not the five, but five mistakes five. that people make. So we really dig into this topic a little bit more so. If that is something you're curious about, just go back. It's episode 86. All right. Uh, just a couple months ago Oh, we've done 86 episodes? Yeah, we're on on 94 today. But We need to do something big for the 100. We only have a few few episodes to plan for. Okay. I'm going to
2: work on that too. All
1: right. Uh, let's go through to number three here then. Uh, failing to take steps to avoid conflict and potential litigation – among heirs and family members. This one is so important, right? I mean, I know you're not going to be around to, to see it happen, but you want to make it as easy as possible on those ones you love.
2: For sure. Hopefully. First of all, I'm amazed. Well, I'm not amazed anymore, but I used to be amazed. Now it's fairly common. Well, people will come in some people with fairly, you know, large estates, complicated estates, and they have little or no estate planning at all. Uh, the most recent example that was in the news was, uh, what's her name she's saying r-e-s-p-e-c-t aretha Aretha franklin Franklin. yeah yeah the, the note
1: in her couch right
2: yeah she had a note in her couch and that that's what they're using as her her will her previous document they had found was also a handwritten holographic will uh for someone you know and she was worth hundreds i don't know quite a bit of money and that's not the way you do it you know you have other examples of people that did it right like jackie kennedy onassis and but for the most part, I see a lot of people that don't have anything at all. So without anything, you're definitely opening yourself up to a Pandora's box of issues. But even if you do have things, sometimes, you know, I've seen wills that have been contested in court. You hear about it on the news. Usually it's with, uh, you know, you're seeing it right now with Elvis Presley's, um, mm-hmm. not, not his, his estate, estate, but his the daughter. people that get the money from his estate, yeah. his daughter that died. So the best way to avoid that. Is to have everything in order and to communicate, so no one's really surprised, and you don't, you know, have people coming out of the woodworks and, well, he told me this and he told me that. I mean, you don't necessarily have to share everything, but having good communication is always the key. Yeah,
1: always want to have uh, communicate that your wishes clearly and keep up with that, so that uh, these things don't end up uh, in probate and and just dra- just dragged out forever and ever. So. Um, so important there, number three. All right, got a couple more here. Building our estate plan, we don't want to have any regrets with it. Uh, transferring your real estate while you're still living instead of at death. So what's the yeah. regret potentially here?
2: I don't run into this a lot, but sometimes you'll hear about people thinking, oh, I'm going to sign my house over to my kids just to make life easier. And then when I die, they don't have to go and probate it to get to it. Or maybe, you know, it'll be – I'll make me more eligible for some kind of government assistance. Again, most of our clients aren't in that boat. But the, the issue with that is a couple things. If you're doing it for Medicare, Medicaid, not Medicare, Medicaid planning, that's a whole nother animal. And that would also be another interesting topic to do a podcast on is that whole world. Again, it's not something that we deal with a lot. But the the issue with doing that is you give up control if you sign over your house. The other thing that you might, let's say you bought your house, you know, 25 years ago for $50,000, and now it's worth, you know, three or $400,000, and you gift it over to your kids, and then they decide they want to sell it. Now they have to pay taxes on the, the sell of the home, potentially, based on what you paid for it. But if you die, and leave it to your kids. Then they get a step up in cost basis. So by giving it away before death, you avoid that step up provision, which for a lot of people is quite valuable. So most of the time, I don't see that being a great idea. There may be periods where it makes sense, but you'd really want to get proper legal uh, advice before doing something like that. All right. Very good. Let's go with one more here then, Wade, and let's focus on taxes to kind of
1: close out our conversation and You got to really think about, we're thinking, we talk tax planning for, you know, for everything that we do. We want to be thinking about it for retirement and, and even beyond that, you want to be thinking about what implications you're going to have and leave behind
2: with your estate, right? Oh, definitely. And uh, there are all kinds of taxes to consider when considering your estate plan. There's, of course, estate taxes, which very, you know, at least right now, many people don't, that doesn't apply to because- the exemptions are so high, but things are set to change here in the near future. Some of the old laws are set are set to sunset back to the way they were. So it may be something that think people need to think about more efficiently, but there are other type of taxes. Like if you die with an IRA or a 401k and you leave those to your heirs, well, they're gonna have to pay taxes on it. Again, not necessarily your problem, but maybe there's things you can do today to lessen that impact. I'll give you an example, Ben. So my dad called me the other day and said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about redoing my, we're thinking about redoing our estate plan and, you know, doing some things for the grandkids, which I'm like, great. Hmm. And I, I said, have you thought about, as opposed to listing this out in your trust and you're getting all complicated with it, what about naming the grandkids to receive part of your IRAs when you pass away. And he was like, huh, that's interesting. I said, the benefit of it is you're passing down an asset to your grandkids, which most likely are gonna be, depending on when you pass away, are most likely going to be in a lower tax bracket than say I would be. So if you have to pick assets to leave to your grandkids, why not use those assets that are going to be taxed to the next generation But pick a group that's more like going to be much less likely to be affected by taxes than the uh, first generation. So there's ways to think about positioning assets more efficiently for all the heirs. I mean, they're all going to, you know, it's going to be money one way or the other. It's just that it may be more efficient from a tax standpoint to leave it to one group or another. Another uh, great tool or a tool that a lot of people use is using life insurance as a way to uh, pass assets on because the proceeds of life insurance are income tax free. So that can be a great way. You know, sometimes I see people leveraging their estate to take advantage of that. So they may take a small amount of money relative to their gross estate per year, and they use that money to purchase life insurance. And that way they're in, in some ways, there's a much higher chance that there'll be a legacy left over for their kids, grandkids, favorite charities, things like that by using utilizing life insurance. So there are some things you can do that um, you know, when you consider the estate and the taxes, what we tend to think about mainly is estate taxes, but that doesn't affect a lot of people, at least not right now, could change in the future. but there are other taxes to consider like income taxes. And a lot of the assets that we have today annuities and iras and things like that there are in, could be some potential implications uh to the next generation so there's some there is some cool planning you can do to maybe reduce that implication so it's pretty pretty interesting planning opportunities
1: yeah that's the reason why you plan right because you don't you don't know uh, by oftentimes by yourself you don't know what's going to be the most efficient and effective way to do things but there might be a few more options out there that actually can provide better results for you without having to do a whole lot different. So, uh, again, that's why you sit down with someone that can help you out with that. And, again, Wade is a certified financial planner, uh, president, and wealth advisor of Chessman Wealth. And, again, you want to get in touch with them, chatwithwade.com. That's the easiest way to uh, book a time to talk with Wade. And you can do so right now. Again, (laughs) chatwithwade.com.
0: And now this month's Kingdom Minute, where we learn what the Bible says about managing money and how it applies to your life.
1: Well, estate planning is so very important way we talk about it all the time, and I like today that we have a Kingdom Minute, right, that ties into that.
0: Yeah,
2: in today's Kingdom Minute, I wanted to talk about the whole concept of leaving a legacy uh, from a biblical standpoint. What does that mean? You know, a lot of times people come in and say, "I want to," you know, "I want to leave a legacy," and what they Typically, what they mean is, and you know, I want to make sure there's money left over uh, for my kids and grandkids. And I think that's a, certainly a, a worthy goal, but we want to look at it from a, a biblical worldview. The first thing I would say is, you know, we are responsible for those that are, who are dependent on us, right? First Timothy 5, 8, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Well, that's pretty strong language. I think that's more applicable to parents, like with young kids and less of a factor when it comes to adult children, right, who are hopefully independent at this stage and grandchildren. Uh, So my, my kids are kind of a perfect example of, you know, they're out of the house for the most part. They're still somewhat dependent on me, but they're approaching independence. If my dad, who I talked about earlier, wants to, mom and dad want to leave some to their grandkids, that's great. Um, and they're, the idea, though, is to do that as an expression of love and care. And I know that's their heart. You know, they're just doing it just because they love and care for them and want to take care of them. But I say for if you have young kids or people that are dependent on you, it's certainly important that you, you have let you leave a legacy to, to make sure they're taken care of, not necessarily that they're living on easy street and they have so much money not to worry about anything or anything like that. But you want to make sure that you don't leave them destitute. And, you know, and a bind. The other type of legacy that we're talking about, which is um, leaving a legacy just because I want to make sure my kids have plenty of money when I'm gone, you know, um, that can also is, I would say, not a commandment, but it it could be a virtuous thing to consider doing. Proverbs 13, says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So it doesn't require you leave an inheritance. However, leaving an inheritance to your children or grandchildren and churches and other ministries and other uh, groups that you care about, not just the kids and grandkids, can be virtuous if it helps them in constructive ways. Remember, Ben, we did a uh, podcast on the difference between wealth transfer and wealth uh, wealth transfer and estate planning. Yeah. And this this goes into that same thing. You know, you don't want to leave someone to someone if it's going to do them more harm than good. You don't want to leave some money to someone if they haven't proven to be a poor steward of the money. You know, if you've got a child that has been, you know, in and out of bankruptcy or, I don't know, just not managed things well, that's not necessarily going to do them any good to leave them money. So you don't want to do more harm than good. There's whole books on it. There's a book called when giving hurts. So anyway, I'd say the ultimate mo- motivation for all this, even in death, and we talked about this already is love because of the God of the love of God towards us. We love our families, our churches and others. We also desire to see God's kingdom expanded for his glory and for the benefit of the poor and oppressed. So people are always more important than the than money so a goal of our giving by leaving an inheritance is to express the love of God toward others so it's just a different way to think about a legacy most people think hey I just a legacy to me is I want to leave all my money fifty 50 to each kid don't put a lot of thought into it what I'm saying is that's can be good but we also have to think about in a bigger picture what does it mean biblically to leave a legacy it's not just the money it's not just to our kids it's all kinds of other, we can talk about this in more detail. There's other ways to leave a legacy, not about money, but from a money standpoint, I think this is a a good perspective to think a good way to think about it.
1: Yeah, I do agree. Well, great conversation today here on the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you got a little something out of it today that you can take with you. But if you have questions, you can always get in touch with Wade a few different ways. Again, chessmanwealth.com is the website with all of our podcasts, plus other resources, learn more about the smart choices, wealth management solution there as well. Uh, But if you want to schedule a time to meet with Wade, you can go to chatwithwade.com or just call 214-572-2120. All right, Wade, we hope you have a good week and appreciate your time today. Thanks, Ben.